Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. That is from Psalm 119, verses 12 through 16. Uh, welcome to the Heart of Flesh podcast. This is Jackson Hankey. I'm joined once again by my friend James Kayser. Good to be back. We are doing a, a series on the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. Uh, so the reason we open up with that passage is because today we are going to be talking about um, the most important of all spiritual disciplines, which is to to take in the Word of God into your life. But before we do that, uh, I just want to take a moment. James, I think you have an announcement to make. Yes, this last week uh, on Father's Day, June 18th, uh, Gracie and I got to welcome in our first baby girl, Lydia Grace. Uh, it was great. Uh, Gracie's feeling really well. Baby's doing well. Uh, we're sleeping a little bit. Um, but got to get away this morning and get a podcast recorded. So excited to be here, but praise the Lord. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, taking some time out of your father, fatherly schedule <laughs> to come and, and do this with me, James. We're excited about it. Um, one other thing we just wanted to mention before we get into the episode. Uh, yeah. So when it comes to these podcasts, if you guys have, have found the heart of flesh podcast to be, um, of spiritual benefit to you. If it's been a good thing for for your life and most importantly for your relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. uh, we just ask that you would leave a leave a comment or a review or a rating, um, and that actually you know the, the these social media things or or these podcast platforms they work uh, off of an algorithm, and I think that increases uh, the likelihood of this podcast being shared out. Yeah, it, it makes it more discoverable for other people. So we just encourage you guys. If you have a one star rating, uh, just don't put that one, please. (laughs) If you haven't enjoyed the Heart of Flesh podcast, (laughs) yeah, just keep that to yourself. Yeah, (laughs) no, um, yeah, that would be great though. Uh, If you guys have found this to be a blessing, we just encourage you to do that. Not necessarily that you know our our goal in this isn't to just have a huge podcast or whatever. We're not trying to be Joe Rogan, Um, but our goal is to to bless the church and to help uh, people think about and and know God in a, a deeper way. Yep. That is our goal. <clears throat> so now going on today, we've been doing we're this finally getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> so we've kind of laid this foundation for the spiritual disciplines. We are going to talk about <clears throat> a certain spiritual discipline today. Um, we're stealing some language from uh, another, another book uh, that we've taken. I think it's from the, the book by Donald Whitney, right? Yep. James. Yep. So Donald Whitney wrote a book called spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. If you're curious in, in learning more about this uh that would be an excellent book to read um but we're going to use this phrase that i think we use from him which is just bible intake and one of the one of the things that we really want to get across in this episode is that bible intake is the most important spiritual discipline uh, even the the other spiritual disciplines which we um are going to talk about in the future they are really meaningless apart from this one if, if they're not properly informed by the scriptures, by the revelation that God has given to us in the scriptures, uh, then, then they're really going to be meaningless. So this is, this is the most important one, and it forms the foundation for the rest. Yeah, you can think about, think about it like a, uh, like a college. So the word of God is the central aspect and is this college, and then you have multiple other sub-disciplines or classes um, under the word of God. 
But the Word of God forms all other spiritual disciplines. It's the central hub. Yes, it does. Um, so just like we often do, um, we plan out these episodes and then we come to them um, and we start putting some content together and we realize, okay, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot here and it's difficult for us sometimes to try to summarize those. Um, but just to give you a heads up where we're going in this episode, um, this spiritual discipline, we're, we're trying to think about this more broadly, um, not just like, hey, you need to read your Bible. Um, but the Bible functions in our lives in a much broader way than that. Yep. Not just to read it, but also to hear it preached, um, to speak about it in community, stuff like that. To study, uh, to meditate to, on to it, to memorize it. study it, to memorize it, meditate on it. Um, so <clears throat> with that, we're, we're going to try to try to touch on all these things. It's probably really going to be a two-part. We're, we're probably going to end up cutting this into two episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I guess in in this first one, Really what we want to do is highlight the importance of this and also kind of demonstrate from the scriptures why this is so important, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, or show from the scriptures that it is important. So, yeah. James, do you have anything you want to add to that? I mean, we've already we've already hit on it, but this is the essential means of first our salvation and then our sanctification. Mm-hmm. We're saved through the preaching and the hearing of God's word and the good news of the gospel in the word of God. And we're transferred from the domain of darkness into the domain of light and saved from our sin. And our whole sanctification is based upon the word of God and yep. consuming it. Yep. Man does not live on bread alone, but on the very words of God. Yeah. So even just that phrase, I think we want to we wanna use that a lot, but, but we... S- we're saying that this is an essential means of grace. Yep. And just to expand on that a little bit further, like the, the, the Bible itself doesn't have any ability to give me, to give me grace in my life, mm-hmm. right? I can't just read the Bible and be saved. But God's word is, is something that God, that God uses. It's a means that God uses to bring about grace. So it is God alone who, who is gracious who has the power to save and sanctify his people. But the primary means that he uses to do that is his word. If I could put it this way, um, to say that the word of God is an essential means of grace is to say that the grace of God is always connected to the word of God, right? It's always connected to the word of God. Now, I let me put it this way too. I can take in God's word in my life and I, I may not experience saving grace. Like anyone can pick up a Bible and read it. It doesn't mean that they're going to experience saving grace. But when I say that the word of God is an essential means of grace, what I'm saying is that I can't experience saving grace apart from the word of God in my life. Does that make sense? So I can read yeah. God's word and not have not experience saving grace, but I can experience saving grace without God's word being a part of my life. Yep. That's kind of the idea. Um, yeah, maybe, a. so that should be an encouragement too. like when it comes to the spiritual disciplines, um, we're, we're saying that, that the grace of God is kind of, it's got, God has promised to operate through these means, Mm -hmm. right? So we can go to them like expecting with confidence, with with confidence, expecting that, uh, this is, this is a means by which God is gracious. Yeah. Right. And here's the reality in and the heart behind this episode and, and even this series on spiritual disciplines, we suck. Like we, 
we don't have a proper view of God's word. We believe, but help our unbelief, Lord. Um, we know that we need the scriptures. We know we need to be studying it, memorizing it, meditating on it, hearing it preached, intaking Bible content in other books and podcasts, etc. We know we need these things, but we often lack to do so. And that's for Jackson and I both. And so today in this episode, we really want to just create a foundation, a zeal, a hunger, a defense for the word of God and why you need to be intaking it daily, mm-hmm. every single day. Like food and water you need to eat, you need to be reading and studying, meditating on the Word of God if you want to live as a spiritual person and grow in Christ-likeness, grow in godliness, be used effectively for the kingdom of God. And so we hope this has been great for us, even preparing the content, reading these books, uh, just to plug them again. So Donald S. Whitney, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, has been a phenomenal book that I've been reading. And then secondly, Habits of Grace by David Mathis, uh, two books on spiritual disciplines. I think Paul Washer just came out with another book you were telling me. Yeah, The Essential Means of Grace. Yeah, and hopefully you guys realize, man, we're not we're not coming up with original thoughts here. <laughs> we're borrowing from a lot of people um, smarter than us. But um, the, you know, even in that, this, this podcast has been great for like forming the way we think about these things and the way we actually practice them in our lives. I've been well. growing so much, even just like, I don't even know how we decided to do spiritual disciplines or what, maybe it was in the river city bathroom. You were just like, Hey, we should do spiritual yeah. disciplines next. And then it was like, that sounds great. And then I got this like kick to spiritual disciplines, got these books that kind of just landed in my lap. One of them was a river city Institute's book that we read uh, just a few chapters last semester. And I feel like God has just purposely put this in, in my path personally with just the springboard into ministry. I've been in ministry for like six months, um, newly a father, a fairly new husband and creating a foundation of spiritual disciplines so that I can be propelled for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and understanding like if we can get this right, if we can get spiritual disciplines right and do them well, we are going to be godly people and we're going to be used for, for the kingdom of God in amazing, amazing ways. Yeah. So important. Yeah. So, so important. Um, just the reality, the reality of grace is that God is, God is extremely gracious and he, he has promised to operate through these means Mm -hmm. and we can go to them expecting to find grace in our time of need, uh, as the book of Hebrews said. Yeah. Um, so I want to give a little illustration. I know illustrations are helpful. A lot of people can find things easy to memorize, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use this one. So w- when I was a kid, there's a place in Grand Forks. You know, if you're a kid, it's super fun to go to. But it's the Canada Inn. It's a little water park, right? And if you've been to a water park, a lot of times they have this big giant bucket that's always filling with water, and then eventually when it gets full, it tips over, it comes down and crashing, and it it basically like dumps water everywhere. Well, a little bit what we're doing when it comes to these spiritual disciplines you know if you go to a water park like that you're going to see kids just standing in this spot waiting for this just dump of water to happen and we're a little bit like that so we're going to god's word expecting that god has promised to work through this means to 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 bring about salvation and sanctification in the life of his people and we're a little bit like those kids just just waiting underneath for this dump of water mm-hmm. right that's, that's kind of the picture okay so just getting into it, um, the, the thing we want to do in this episode, and we want to try to make these somewhat more brief, uh, but what we want to do now is demonstrate uh, the, how the Word of God is 
is shown in the Bible, we kind of want to give a theology of the Word of, of God and see how it is played out in, in human history. And then in the next episode, we are going to discuss some of the more practical things, what it means to hear from God. We're going to really break it up into three categories. So hearing the Word of God, and then reading the Word of God, and then also, just in a deeper sense, studying the Word of God. So that's going to be the next episode, but right now we want to just demonstrate from the Scripture the importance of the Word of God, just theologically and throughout the history of the world. So I'm gonna, I've got a few things written down. James, please feel free to jump in anytime. Um, but as we, as we look at the Bible, the Bible opens in Genesis 1. It says that the eternal triune God created all things. He created man in the image of God, male and female. Uh, it says that mankind had a special relationship with God. And that is seen in the, in the fact that God speaks directly to the man and the woman. And he gives them blessings. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Um, subdue it. And also commands. Uh, you, you have every tree of the garden, but, but do not eat from the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. And when the humans violate that command... Uh, God comes to them, and again, he speaks to them, and he speaks to them a, a message of, you know, in, intermingled together, a message of judgment because of their sin, but also a message with the promise of salvation, right? And th those two themes, judgment and salvation, are going to be found all throughout the rest of the Bible. So it's a promise of judgment on the earth, which is separation from God, but also the promise of a redeemer as well. Now, as we continue, despite God's judgment and his, and his promise of salvation, after the fall, after Adam and Eve, the world continues to be corrupted. Now, God comes and he speaks to a man named Noah mm -hmm. in Genesis chapter 6. He tells Noah to build an ark. God promises to bring judgment on the world through a flood, but he promises salvation for Noah and his family. But that comes through God, God intervening and God speaking to Noah. Now, God does that. He fulfills his word. He floods the earth, he spares, but he spares Noah's family. He enters into a covenant with Noah and all the earth that he will not flood the earth again. Gives the rainbow as a sign for this covenant. And he, gives, he repeats again the command to Noah and his family to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth. Um, as we continue, um, we see that the human corruption on the earth is, is basically unwavering. Uh, the Bible, in that, in that section of the Bible, it says that the the thoughts of the heart of man is only evil all the time. Um, so we, we desperately need God's help. God needs to act uh, graciously in order to bring about salvation, which he does. Um, Genesis chapter 12, God does something unique. He speaks to a man named Abraham. Uh, he gives him promises that he will become a great nation and that he will have an offspring that will bless all of the earth. So God, again, just as we're seeing this here, God operates graciously in the world by his word and by his promises, right? Um, and then another thing that God does in his promise to Abraham is that he promises uh, that his people, that the nation that will come from him will, will, will live in the land of Egypt for 400 years, but then they will be redeemed and rescued out of it and, and made into a nation. And that does happen. God fulfills his word to Abraham in the Exodus. He brings the people out of Egypt. He raises up Moses as a prophet to speak for him. Right? He uses Moses to speak for him. Um, and Moses does deliver the people by God's power. And they come to a place called Sinai. And God makes another covenant with them as a nation. And he gives them a written law. And the importance of this is that for this, for this people, they are, now, they, were now, they are now a covenant people of God. And in, as the covenant people of God, the word of God is actually absolutely central 
to their life. So up until this point in the history of the Bible, it has been God graciously intervening to bring about salvation in humanity, um, and he does so by his promises and by his word. And at the Exodus, now we find that word specifically written down uh, for this people. So I'm going to read from Deuteronomy 6, 6, and it's going to show the importance of God's word in, in the life of his people. It says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. That's from Deuteronomy 6. Um, Deuteronomy 31 it also says that the people, the entire people of Israel, every seven years, they would have a jubilee year and they would gather for something called the Feast of Booths. And every, sev- every seven years, God commanded them uh, to have a public reading of the law for all of the people to hear. So the importance of that is that as God's covenant people, your life, and, and this is for people in the new covenant as well, life is centered and built around the word of god yeah throughout the entirety of redemptive history it is god speaking that makes things happen the only reason we can know who god is and know him rightly is because he tells us and frankly where we mess up a lot in our own theology in our own living in our own failures is we have a wrong view of god we think that god is like us the psalms say and we try to conform him to some our own imagination we want to be be our own gods and so we need to conform the way we view god and what we know about him to what he says about himself and all throughout redemptive history that has been how it has worked and we can know things through general revelation we've talked about this before as we look at the skies we look at uh, around at people the intricacies of the world we can know that a god exists who's powerful um, who is in control but to know him savingly, we need to know him through his word and what he says about himself. And if we get it from anywhere else, it's going to be wrong. Yep. So we have this we have this tremendous tendency, just this deeply inherent problem of sin mm-hmm. and the desire actually to, to believe false things and to suppress the truth about God that we know, which the Bible says, yeah. and actually to put other things and often ourselves in the place of God. Yeah, and, so, and now the remedy to that is the Spirit of God working through the Word of God to bring to us true knowledge about God, uh, which then actually changes and affects our lives. Yeah, That's why the Word of God is so central to that. It is the means by which um, our sinful hearts are made new, mm-hmm. which by which we go from the heart of stone, which Ezekiel talks about, to the heart of flesh. Yeah. So I just want to continue... Um, uh, as we can go we just this? go on that tangent for a little bit longer? Yeah, go ahead. If you got something to add, James, go ahead. As I was just reading a, a Paul Washer book recently, The Gospel's Power and Message, when sharing the gospel um, with people and in our own lives, first and foremost, the most important stepping stone we need to start with and the foundation is who is God, mm-hmm. who he is. And if we had a right view and a better Frankly, for our own lives, if we had a better view of who God was, his holiness, his righteousness, his justice, his love, his mercy, we would live radically different lives. 
And so that's why we need to go to the word of God to conform, to renew, to make new our view of God. Because every time in the Bible, when, when someone sees God, gets a, just a glimpse, a small glimpse of his glory, what do they do? They fall on their face. Isaiah says, woe is me, a man of unclean lips. And so we need to go to the word of God to hear it, to study it, to read it, to memorize it, to get a better picture of who God is. When we get to heaven one day, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to fall on our face. What was me, a man of unclean lips? But praise God for Jesus Christ for making us new, cleaning us, making us white as snow. Uh, but I just want to hammer that point. We need to start with the foundation. Who is God? And as we go to the scriptures, we it, should it be, answers that question. Yes. For us. And we should be seeking it out. God, as I, as I read your, as I study and read your word this morning, who are you? Reveal to me more of who you are. May it roll back up to you and worship and praise of who you are and a better understanding. And that will lead to a better, better understanding of who we are, how we are to relate to the world, um, and all these things. So the foundation, who is God as we go to the word? Yep. So thank you for, <laughs> for sharing that, James. Very important. Um, so as we okay, get back as, as on track, we, yeah, yeah. As we continue through the Bible, so God makes this covenant with the people of Israel. Um, the the word of God is very central to that covenant. It's extremely important. Now, throughout the rest of the Old Testament, we get a history of this covenant of this covenant people, and in that we see so much, so often, the promise of a better covenant that's going to come. But as we as we read the Old Testament, we see that the people of God stray from the word of God. And this is disastrous. This is absolutely disastrous. And they become corrupted. They become like the nations around them. Uh, when they exchange the word of God for, for other things, they, they go to worship idols. They go to worship false things because they fail to know the true God through his word. So then they continue to worship false things. But what does God do? Um, what, God, what God does is when this nation becomes corrupt, he sends to them prophets over and over again. And the prophets are they're, they're basically the mouthpiece of God. So they are commanded to speak the word of God to the people and oftentimes to write the word of God, which is recorded for us today in the books of the prophets. But again, just to see, just to see the idea here, God once again is working by his word to his people. That, that is the means by which he, he does to call his people back to him. And even for us today. Now, I want to quote from one of those prophets is Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, just to give us uh, expand on our theology of of God's word and what it is. It says this, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. Now this is the means that God uses in the world to bring about salvation. And I just want to, I just want to see in that the picture here. This is not the, the word of God. The, the Bible that we read today is not a human enterprise. Uh, it's not something that, that humans, humans did. It's something they participated in. But first and foremost, the author of, of this Bible that we read is God himself. And God himself is sovereignly administrating his world, His word throughout history to accomplish all the purposes for which he has purposed it. Mm -hmm. and, and nothing, absolutely nothing, 
can stand in the way of God accomplishing all the purposes that he has through his word. Even what you just said there, though, what a simple truth that the Bible is the word of God. When, When the Bible speaks, God is speaking. And we believe that, but Lord, help our unbelief. If we went to the scripture each each day uh, with that at the forefront of our mind, this is the very words of God. The creator, the sovereign over the universe has spoken to us through words, through means of men and their writings has spoken to us how that would change the way we approach the scriptures each day. Yep. Oh, help us, God. <laughs> yep, indeed. So I, now I want to just... That that's a little bit from the Old Testament. I'm trying to do this briefly, guys. I just I have a problem of too much too much information. Hey man, but I'm, the I'm first to do step briefly. It, first step is always just recognizing you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Then we can go from there. Yeah. But anyway, um, so as the New Testament as as we get into the New Testament, we see this continue. The New Testament opens with John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness about repentance from sin and about faith in the coming Messiah. So again, God is doing something in the world and it is centered around the preaching and explaining of his word now i want to read another passage from jesus jesus comes shortly after john the baptist and he also comes and he begins preaching and this is the center of the reason why he has come uh to to yeah it's one of the central reasons why he has come is to preach the word um which obviously includes himself and his his death his resurrection the the gospel of the kingdom as he calls it um, but I'm going to read from Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39, very, very early on in the ministry of Jesus. Um, so in this time, he has just healed a bunch of people. Uh, he went away for a night, and um, th- there's a bunch of people waiting for him to, to come back. There's more people that want to be healed. And this is what Jesus says. I'm going to start in verse 26. It says, And Simon, that's Peter, and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Verse 38, And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Now, what I want to see there, many people today get very excited about healing and miracles and and trying to seek God to to find an easy life and, and things like this. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray that people would be healed, but I am saying that even in even in the in the words of Jesus here, there is, there is something more important, which is the preaching of God's word. And the central message of that preaching is not an easy or, or comfortable earthly life, but an eternal salvation, which is found by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So I just, wanna, I just want us Amen. to, whatever Correction we think about... You. That was Mark chapter 1, verse 36, right? Through 36, yeah. yeah. You said 26, just want to make sure. Oh, my bad, yeah, thanks, James. No worries. Anyway, um... Yeah, another, so yeah, that, that's one passage just showing the importance of this in Jesus' ministry. Another one, just John chapter 10. Um, we talked about this a lot in our series on the doctrines of grace, um, but I'm going to read it again. Just another, again, a, a theology of, of the word of God. John chapter 10, it says, my, Jesus speaking, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, the emphasis I want to have there is that the, Jesus says that his sheep hear his voice. When we read the scriptures or when someone preaches the scriptures to us, when they interpret it properly and explain it thoroughly, it is as if God is speaking directly to us himself. Mm-hmm. When, when, we, when we read the Bible, 
we may hear the voice of Christ in it. Amen. Yeah, if you want to hear the voice of God, read the Bible out loud. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to hear it out loud, read it out loud. Yeah. Um, so we'll continue. Uh, the book of Acts again. Um, Jesus commissions the apostles uh, to be witnesses for him. And the primary task in this is to preach the word. And they are empowered by the Spirit of God to do so. Uh, we see in Acts chapter 6, just to show again the importance of this, um, there's a, a big problem in the Jerusalem church. They need people to serve uh, some of the Hellenistic Greek widows. Um, they, they approach the apostles with this problem. And the apostles, very interestingly, they delegate this, uh, the handling of this to um, some other men that they appoint for this task. And the reason they do is because they say that they uh, want, con- want to continue to devote themselves to what they say, the ministry <coughs> of the word and to prayer. So an even greater need than uh, serving some of these widows, which they appointed other people to do, than was the physical, the, needs. Mi- than yeah. the physical needs was the spiritual need yeah. of the ministry of the word and prayer. So again, I just want to highlight the importance of, and, and that's going to talk about the importance of, a lot of this has been the importance of preaching. This is, this is the importance of listening to hearing men who are called by God uh, to explain and expound the scriptures. And we're going to talk a lot about that in the next episode. Sometimes we think about Bible reading as just sitting by ourselves reading the Bible. Yeah. Well, that, that, is, that is not capturing all of uh, the ways that God works. And one of the primary ways that God works is through the preaching of his word in the church. Um, I want to give another one here. This is just to show, uh, I'll, I'll end with a couple verses, but just to show the the essential nature of this in the salvation of people. Um, I'm going to look at Romans chapter 10, and starting in verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But Paul then asked this question. He says, How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Verse 17 in that same passage, Paul says that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That is to say that that the word of God and the preaching of the gospel is an essential means of grace. If people do not hear, they will not be saved. Now on this podcast, and we've talked about this uh, we did a whole series on this, but we believe that God is absolutely sovereign over all things, including the salvation of men and women. But we do believe, as this text clearly holds, that unless the gospel is preached, unless God's people take it upon themselves by God's power to share and explain the gospel and the word about Christ, then people will not be saved. Mm-hmm. Now, the last one, again, just to show uh, the necessity of this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, it says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. And here's the important one. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. You have been born again through the living and the abiding word word of God. God's word is alive. It carries with it the power of God for salvation for all who believe. James, do you want to add anything to that? 
I'll just ask you. So as you go through the, essentially Jackson just went through the entire Bible and showing you, and there's so much more in there, but showing you that the word of God is central. What he speaks is central to his work in redemptive history. So if you just want to, like, if you could share just a quick paraphrase of exactly what you wanted the listeners to get from just that overview uh, that you just gave. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, the reason I did that was basically just to demonstrate this reality that we've been talking about, which is that the the word of God is an essential means of the grace of God. Yeah. Uh, so to, to say that in another way, it is absolutely essential if people want to be saved and sanctified uh, that the word of God be present in their lives, yeah. that they be be taking in, um, considering and thinking about, and that the spirit of God be operating through the word of God to bring about those things. Yeah, so as we look at that and see throughout the whole of history, God has been using this as the main means of saving and sanctifying his people. We too, as God's people in the 21st century, still operate in that manner. We need the word of God daily. It's our food. It's our bread. It sustains us. It gives us nourishment and energy to live as followers of Jesus Christ. Like the disciples, we should be sitting at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and saying, Teacher, teach me. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to study your word. Teach me how to meditate on your precepts, O Lord. Um, and so in our busy, distracted culture, we need to get back to the word of God and let that speak into our lives. Amen. And so, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty close to wrapping up this episode. But as we as we go forward... Um, we want to give you guys just some some practical advice, some things that have been helpful in our lives um, for how to go about doing these things. Uh, we also want to just iterate this fact, as we often do. Um, we 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 uh, endeavor to like teach and share these things, these truths, um, but so often we also fail very deeply at them. <laughs> um, and even just even just in preparing and, and thinking deeply about these things and looking at our our own lives, this has been extremely helpful for us yeah. uh, to consider and and think about and to do. So we want to encourage you guys, this this isn't going to look perfect. Um, we know that, the, yeah. We're, the, we're fallen we're, creatures. Yeah, we're, we're fallen and this is difficult and we, we live in, a, in often a difficult world. Um, but part of what we want to get at here is it, it is just, it is an absolutely essential thing. If we want to see revival in your local church, if you want to see revival in your life, if you want to see revival um, in the Church of America, it's going to start with the word of God and growing in our love and our passion and our desire for the word of God that we'd hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, that's how it's going to happen. And we need that so bad. Yeah. yeah. But also I, I just want to say kind of what you said, Jackson, if, if, if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, dang, I do not have a, a proper view of the scriptures. I don't have that same love and zeal. We're right there with you. We have been saved by the grace of God alone in Jesus Christ. The gospel has made you white as snow. Your sins have been blotted out, removed as far as the east is from the west. And from that position, from that position in new identity in Christ, we can now look forward to living a more disciplined, godly life. And I just, Philippians 3.13 is a good verse um, for that. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So forget about how in the past we've failed and we have failed. 
um, to properly view God and his word and how he has spoken to us. And let's strain forward into these spiritual disciplines and work heartily for them for the purpose of godliness and becoming more like Christ. Amen. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, please tune in again. Yeah, um, so we do plan to give some where we're more going next practical episode, advice. Hearing God's word, reading God's word, studying God's word. And if you have a review to leave us, five star. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> no, just kidding. Whatever is practical and good, we'll, we'll leave it up to you guys. But remember that it will help get this podcast out, um, get it into more people's ears, and hopefully have an impact for the kingdom. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, We pray that this has been a blessing to you and we hope that you will tune in again.